Well, hello again, and welcome to a Kingdom Perspective podcast. Um, Steve and Scott are here with you again, uh, and today we're going to be talking about uh, the freedom of speech, a kingdom perspective on the freedom of speech. So to set up our, our topic today, uh, a couple interesting things I think have happened in the realm of freedom of speech. The, the first happened on September 11th of, of this year, and Jamel Hill, uh, who hosts the evening edition of Sports Center, the, the six o'clock edition of Sports Center, fired off a tweet uh, earlier that day, and the, the tweet said, and I quote, Donald Trump is a white supremacist who has largely surrounded himself with other white supremacists. The White House press secretary um, followed that up with a, with a statement that the president felt like that was a fireable offense. In addition to that, if you follow the NFL, you know that over uh, the last year, multiple players have been sitting or, or taking a knee for the national anthem uh, during, during the football games. And again, over the past week or so, the president has fired off a series of tweets about how inappropriate he thinks that this is. I've seen him on uh, one occasion call for a boycott of the NFL. I've seen him talk about firing uh, the players if they won't stand uh, for the national anthem. And and Scott, I don't know uh, about you, uh, but I start to get really, I I guess the word would be squirmy. I start to get really squirmy uh, anytime I see any government official, president, Congress, whatever, uh, any government official start to indicate that you uh, shouldn't or can't think that way or you shouldn't and or, or can't say that. I am a free speech guy and I get concerned that it's the National Football League today and tomorrow it will be the Sunday morning message that you can't say that, you can't think that, you can't have that opinion. And that may sound a little bit like conspiracy theory, and maybe it is, but honestly, I really don't think we're that far from that. I really don't. Well, and I think I think you're right. I think we need to draw a distinction between the Jamel Hill story and what's going on with the NFL anthem protests, because Jamel Hill tweeted her opinion of the president. And there's, you know, a public, a, some public outcry. There's uh, the question of whether or not she should keep her job, but this is a this is an individual tweeting an opinion. It's not the same as the president tweeting a direction to business owners, you know, NFL owners, team owners, telling them that uh, you know if their players, if their employees do this thing, they should be fired. So I think there's a distinction that needs to be made between the government telling us what we can and can't say, and what in essence is an employer holding an employee accountable for something she did say. Yeah, I think there is I think there is a distinction there that uh I, I you know, you and I have talked about this earlier that I am a free market approach person when it comes to the area of a free speech. So I am I have the freedom in this country to say essentially anything I want to say. We'll, we'll get into more about that later, but Northwest Christian Church, the church that I currently am employed at, they they have the right to say um, we don't want you affiliated um, with our church anymore b- because of an opinion I've expressed. And so I feel that way about the National Football League, too. These players have the right to, to say anything, and their employer has the right to say, we don't want to be associated with that viewpoint. Right. Freedom of speech doesn't mean freedom from consequences. Yeah. That that there could be consequences to the things that you say. You're allowed to say them in this country, 
But that doesn't mean that you're going to avoid all consequences that could come your way. And I think that's what we're seeing. That's that's where we're headed with with some of these protests is you can you can say your piece, but what happens next is potentially out out of your hand. I really respect somebody that is willing to to lose their job over their viewpoint, honestly. But but you do have to accept that that is a part of having what would consider to be kind of a controversial viewpoint is that you could lose your job over it. Uh, like I said, where I start to to squirm in my seat a little bit is to see the president weigh in on whether or not people should keep their jobs uh, be, because this isn't a, a, a direct kind of assault on, on our constitutional amendment about free speech, but it's just a hop, skip, and a jump to get there. Right. That, that saying you should be fired uh, is, is not saying it's illegal, but I don't like heading in that direction even two steps. Right. I really don't. What does the constitutional amendment say? Well, I happen to have it right here. The, the First Amendment that, that guarantees our freedom of speech is worded this way. It says, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion uh, or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or the right of the people peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. But that is a governmental restriction. McDonald's doesn't have that restriction. Right. So if you work for McDonald's, I think a lot of people get this confused. That what do you mean you're you know McDonald's worker? What do you mean you're firing me? I, I have freedom of speech. Well, not for McDonald's, you don't. Right. That that if you if you're working for McDonald's, you begin to shed them in a poor light. They can fire you. Yes, you have the freedom of expression, but you have to wear the uniform. You know, you you you're, you can express yourself, but you can't just come in wearing anything you want. You wear the uniform. You can express yourself, but you can't just say anything you want. You you say the company line. If you say something, you know, and I think this speaks to to the Jamel Hill situation. If you say something that your employer, that ESPN, finds that it's just going to affect them so negatively that they have no, you've left them no choice. They're going to do what they feel is best for their company. The, the company's bottom line is more important to the company than your freedom of speech. And that's the way the corporate world is going to work. And there are, there are some protections for workers, you know, but by and large, that, that constitutional amendment is, is to restrict our government. And I think, I think a lot of people feel like they should be able to say whatever they want to say. Right. And, and that's just really not how it works. Right. Well, this podcast is called A Kingdom Perspective, and I think we could, we could talk about this all day long. We both have strong opinions on uh, government and the, and the exercise of our freedoms, but I want to draw our focus into, into Scripture, into what is the kingdom perspective here? What because is, there definitely is one. There is, absolutely. So, so what, what does, just in general, what does the Bible say about our rights and our freedom? Yeah, so, so the, Bible, the Bible does talk about this issue of freedom. And since we're talking about freedom of speech, um, I would go first to 1 Corinthians 10, that Paul is writing in 1 Corinthians 10. He's writing to the Corinthian church about their freedom. And they're, they're talking about the idea of food sacrifice to, to idols in 1 Corinthians 10. And what would happen is that the, the different religions of the region would sacrifice animals to their gods, and then they would end up giving the meat to the marketplace. And so this kind of rigorous debate broke out among the Christians about whether or not a Christian should buy meat from the marketplace that had been sacrificed to a pagan god. And some were saying that the Christians had that freedom, and some were, were, were saying that Christians didn't have that freedom. 
And so Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 10 about this, and he says, I have the right to do anything you say. And then here's what he says, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but not everything is constructive. No one should seek their own good, but the good of others. And I think when it comes to a Christian's freedom, whether it be the freedom to eat meat, sacrifice to idols, or in, in our case, for our conversation, uh, the, the freedom of, of speech, I think that is a powerful lesson. That do you have the right to say almost anything in this country? You do. There are some restrictions legally, but let's we're not going to get silly and off base on that. Right. By and large, you have the right to say anything. But that's not the question for the Christian. The question is not, do I have the right to say it? The question for the Christian is, is it beneficial? Right. Is it constructive? That I'm not just going to seek my own good, I'm going to seek the good of others. Yeah, the Bible affirms, everything is permissible. The Bible affirms, it's allowed, but as Christians, we can't settle for just, is it allowed or not allowed? Like, we, we have to strive for a higher standard than, is it okay? The higher standard is, should I? There's a difference between can I and should I. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Can I say this? And should I say this? The answer is frequently different uh, to, that, to that question. And so I think we're asking the wrong question. It, if all we're asking is, can I say this? The answer is yes, but... Yes, but if you do, what might happen? Who might you alienate? What would what consequence might come of you saying that, just speaking your mind in that moment? The question we should be asking is, should I say this? Everything is permissible, but is it beneficial? Who would it benefit if I say this? Who would it hurt? I think we have to be a little more thoughtful in the use of our freedom of speech as Christians. Yeah, and I, I think that the... The, the gospel of Jesus really rises to the top of, of this. Like, like you were saying, is we don't want to alienate people because of a political view from the gospel. And so, you know, I, I'm not saying don't have a political view, but I, I, am, I am saying just keep in mind that our chief message is not the message of the right or the left. Right. Our chief message is the message of Jesus. Right. And we need to keep that in mind. Right. So I have a right. To, to lay out my political views in a public forum, on social media, or in, Lots our, of people do. in our conversation, yeah. But is it beneficial? For, and, and beneficial to what? I mean, maybe it's beneficial to me to you know, air it out, but is it beneficial to God's kingdom? Is it beneficial to the person I'm talking to for me to, to lay out how strongly I think they're wrong? I think you can lay out political viewpoints in a way that is beneficial, and is less vitriolic than what we're seeing these days. I mean, I, I'm, I know you feel the same way, but I tend to be like very surprised by some of just the vitriolic language that I see my Christian brothers and sisters use on social media. Um, that, that continues to astound me when Paul makes this super, super clear in Ephesians 4.29. This passage was beat into me uh, when, when I was a kid, but it, it's by my youth minister. It says, uh, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. You see those words, helpful, building others up, beneficial. Paul really believed in this idea. And this goes to what, what does he mean when he says not everything is permissible 
or everything is permissible, but not everything's beneficial. What does he mean by beneficial? I think this this verse lays that out clearly. Um, what what is beneficial? Well, it's beneficial. Speech that is beneficial is speech that builds other people up according to their needs. So I have to know in order to know whether or not it's what I'm saying is beneficial. I have to know you. I have to know what you need in that moment from me. I have to actually have a relationship with the person that I'm talking to rather than just blasting it out, you know, in, in, in a public forum or on social media, sending out a tweet to the world. I have to have a relationship in order to know whether whether this will be beneficial or not. I need to know you. Well, and what's really interesting uh, about this to me, and this, this thought just kind of came to me, is Paul was a type A personality. You don't think Paul had an strong opinion on almost everything? On Rome, on his on, government. Yeah, on, on his government. On, you know, we, we know he had a, a pretty strong one on Peter that, that the two of them got into kind of a public, <laughs> public debate. So Paul didn't do, I don't think Paul did this perfectly every time. Paul was a type A strong personality that would have had lots of opinions. And I think a lot of people on social media tend to be that way. I think kind of type A personalities are kind of drawn to it. Uh, but we need to keep this verse in mind as we're posting. Uh, is it building others up? Is it beneficial? Is it helpful? Yeah, I, like you, my youth minister really drilled this into me as well. Um, and early in my youth ministry, we I, I had some issues with students, and some of it I understand is a reflection of me. I, I, I tend to be fairly sarcastic, uh, and I, I tend to have uh, I tend to draw students t t toward me who are like that. Um, I, I enjoy being around uh, witty, sarcastic people. And so my youth ministries a lot of times go in that direction for better or worse. And early on in, in my, my youth ministry career, I noticed this was happening with students, that they were, they were just being really awful to one another. And so we decided to focus in on this passage for an extended period of time, and to the point where it turned into kind of a thing in our youth ministry where if someone said something that was tearing someone else down, the person, the victim of that was allowed to call 429. And if one of the other leaders in the room deemed like, yeah, that's a legitimate use of 429, they, they are they are tearing you down instead of building you up. The person, the, the offender uh, owed a quarter to, to this, you know, this jar that we would collect money and give it to missions at the end of the year, but it was, we put a penalty in place for you have to be made aware, because sometimes we do this without even thinking about it, and we have to be made aware that we're doing it, and and that began to start to change the atmosphere and environment within our, within our ministry of it's not okay to treat people that way. Even though you have the freedom of speech, is it beneficial? Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day... Christianity teaches us that the person you're talking to is someone that Jesus Christ died for, and that the, the person that you're talking to is somebody that God created. And the Bible passages about being fearfully and wonderfully made, that's not just about you. That, that's also about the person you're talking to. <laughs> right. They too are fearfully <laughs> and wonderfully made. So I like that suggestion. I really do of having maybe 429 or Ephesians 429, where you tend to post or you know, you know where you tend to have conversations. Just having it somewhere where you can see it as a reminder. Or, or you know, yeah, put it up on your your bathroom mirror, or you know, if, at somewhere where your family can see it. That that things that you say to people matter. Your your speech is powerful. 
Okay, well, Paul talks about not everything is beneficial, but then he, he, he goes on and offers a second argument that everything is permissible, but not everything is constructive. What do you think he means by that, by constructive? Well, I, I think one of the things that, that he means by that is that you are allowed to say and, and do almost anything, I, I mean, in, in a lot of ways, in terms of, for our conversation, in terms of speech, you're, you're allowed to say almost anything, but but not everything is really making the world a better place. And, and I, I think that's one of the motivations that I see a lot these days is that our society, in people's minds, and I'm not sure where, where exactly I stand on this, but our society is breaking down. Our Christian culture is breaking down. And this needs to be said because we're breaking down. And I think Paul would encourage us to really think about that. Yes. Are, are you really like rebuilding our culture with what our with what you're saying, or are you just ticked off? Is it constructive? Yeah, I think compassion. I'm going to talk about this this Sunday, but I think compassion would go a long way in this situation. That if you could say, "Man, I could see how somebody in Afghanistan that is risking their life for this country, I could see how they would be bothered by this," and I can see Colin Kaepernick's point too. Yeah. That, that, that he really feels like young African-American men are at a disadvantage in this country. Right. And it bothers him. Right. And I just think if we could somehow try to, you know, instead of using our speech to be right, using our speech and using our ears uh, as well. Right. To, to listen and really understand each other's point of view, I think it would go a long way. Yeah. But man, it feels like that's really hard in this culture right now. I agree with that. And, you know, thinking in terms of, is it constructive? Yes, I can say it, but is it constructive? I think that uh, acknowledging the other point of view, acknowledging that there is another valid way to look at something is largely missing. And I think that in order for something to be constructive, you have to be open to other points of view on the same thing. We do. We, we were talking about this earlier, but we... We really just need to be, we need to be more tolerant of speech in this country. This is a protected liberty that we have. You can't, you can't lose your mind every time someone says something you disagree with. Yeah. That we just need to be more tolerant of, to, to be able to say, I disagree with you. And what is the big deal with, with that? That I disagree with, with what you're saying or what you're doing, and here's why. And you have a conversation. Right. I think what you're saying is wrong, but I will defend to the end that you have a right to say it. Right. You know, I, I, and, and I think we're starting to move away from that. I think we're, we're starting to get into some shaky ground here where we're saying you don't have the right to say that. That perspective is not allowed to be voiced, and that makes me nervous. Almost every protest that you see, I really think it's a hop, skip, and a jump to that. That it's, it is a legal way of saying right now, it's a legal way of saying you don't have the right to say that. And, and I, I'm going to try to leverage you losing your job, or I'm going to try to leverage um, you, you being kind of put out to pasture to get you to stop saying it. Now, for the Christian, the, the kingdom perspective here is that the things that we say ought to be constructive. Correct. When I like in 2 Timothy chapter 2, I love this passage. 
where Paul is, is telling Timothy, a young pastor that's just kind of getting started in his ministry, Paul's giving him a, a lot of advice, and Paul tells him, don't have anything to do with foolish and stupid arguments, because you know they produce quarrels. And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but must be kind to everyone, able to teach, not resentful. Opponents must be gently instructed in the hope that God will grant them repentance, leading to a knowledge of the truth, and that they will come to their senses and escape the trap of the devil who's taken them captive to do his will. That that foolish and stupid arguments, these circular arguments, these things that are not constructive, are just wasting everyone's time. They're just producing quarrels. And Paul's very specific, the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome. They're destructive. Right. It's not just that they're not constructive. They're they, the opposite. They become destructive. Yes. According to Paul. They do. And, and, and you know, the, the Lord's servant must be, and we said earlier, not resentful. Just because you say something that I disagree with doesn't mean I, I hate you. You know, that, that I'm not resentful, that, that I'm able to teach, that he talks about, you know, when you disagree with someone, you talk, your opponent, they, they must be gently instructed. I'm not seeing any gentle instruction in our culture right now. Very little. Right. Very little. You know, and ultimately, the, and this is what's constructive about it, in the hope that God will grant them repentance, leading them to a knowledge of the truth, that our motivation, the kingdom perspective, the way we use our speech is to not convince everyone around us that we're right, but to help lead people into a knowledge of the truth, into a relationship with God, into a, a better place spiritually than they are right now. You and I have, have talked about this quite, quite a bit in the office, and, and so you know my heart on this. I am very concerned about, about this subject in terms of our culture, that losing the ability to disagree um, losing the ability to tolerate other views, losing the ability to conversate about things that we don't see the same way. Right. Th- these are, I think, these are bedrocks of civilized to converse culture. I'm not sure conversate's a word. Right. Yeah. 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 To, to converse. <laughs> that that the, these are the, the these are the bedrocks of a free society. That in 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 previous generations we just kill each other. Right. But now we have conversation. Right. And we're losing that. We are. And I think that as a Christian, we can't we can't allow that to be lost. That our speech, our words have to be constructive or we will be tuned out. And rightfully so. I mean, if, if someone is just constantly speaking destructive things into my life, I will tune them out. Like, there's only so much of that I'm going to listen to. And as Christians, if we get the reputation for saying destructive things all the time, society will rightly tune us out. And if you back up from 1 Corinthians 10 and you go to 1 Corinthians 6, Paul brings up this a very similar argument, and we can kind of close on this, this passage. But in this passage, he's talking about sexual purity and um, the... That, that whole subject. And he brings up this idea of freedom again, 1 Corinthians 6, 12. Uh, he says, I have the right to do anything you say, but not everything is beneficial. So identical language there. I have the right to do anything, but I will not be mastered by anything. So he talks about the idea of being, uh, not losing control, uh, not, not being, not being mastered. And I think that's uh, uh, an important element of this as well is it feels to me like our culture is losing control 
a little bit. Yeah, that I will not be mastered by anything. I will not allow anything to get so deeply under my skin that I react without thought. That I that I lose control of my of my reaction in that moment and just fly off the handle. That's not okay for a Christian. No, no, that 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 we need to be doing uh, better than that. And like James wrote, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. As we kind of finish this this aspect of freedom of speech up, when, when we're talking about the kingdom perspective when it comes to our rights and freedoms, I think we, we defer to what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 10 and in 1 Corinthians 6, that yes, everything is permissible, but is it beneficial? Is it constructive? And above all, am I able to maintain control? Um, it, it's just not okay for us as Christians to lose control and fly off the handle, and we need to focus on saying things, using our speech in a way that is both beneficial and constructive for the people that hear us. Thank you for joining us. We'll, uh, we'll see you guys next time. Thank you.